gamers Hello everyone, Caitlin here. I hope you're having a lovely, wonderful day or night or whatever time you're listening to this. Now we all know that episodes being late sucks. Unfortunately, that is a natural part of life sometimes. And it especially is rough when when the tension is really ramping up <laughs> on a week to week episode by episode basis. So uh the boys have kindly cooked up some stuff to listen to in the meantime. They are producing this on their own. I barely know what's happening, but I'm enjoying it so far, and I hope you enjoy it as well. With no further ado, we present to you the first edition of the Archive Gazette. See you next week! Hello everyone, and welcome to the Archive Gazette. I'm your mysterious host with the most, Ben, also known as Doc Shirley, if you're on the Discord, which I'd recommend. Today, I have with me Baron. We're planning to get to know Baron better and to know more about him and his history. Why don't we start with a few basic questions? How does that sound, Aaron? That sounds perfectly fine, host, mysterious host with the most, Ben slash Doc Shirley. That's me. I'm just lurking on the Discord all over the place. Gosh, so I love this man. You should record, you should get over there. Yeah, absolutely, yes. We shamelessly plug our Discord because we want more people on it so we can have more friends to talk to. Now that we don't love those who are already on there, thank you to all those who are almost always on there commenting on what we're doing and what you're doing. Hashtag party animals. Hashtag party animals. How did you start playing tabletop role-playing games? Like, what got you into that? Well... You probably will find a common thread among uh, our player group that the the thread being Jonathan, our astounding GM. He lived in an apartment across from me, uh, and so we went to the same uh, ward or the same church uh, every Sunday, and I would see him all the time. And we both participated in the choir that that specific church was uh, doing. Um, it was a very small choir, um, but we were both in the bass section, and I noticed that he had a flash shirt on. And so me being the hopeful nerd that I was, commented on it, and him being the absolute genius nerd that he is, just immediately started talking about his favorite superhero, which is the Flash. And I'd say the rest is history, but it did take a little bit. Um, you know, uh, I spent time with him uh, at, like... Uh, church events and like meals and stuff and got to hang with him and a couple of his roommates uh one being uh who we call aaron another aaron who has participated for he played najashri uh, as a guest in the uh high roller arc for unseen world season one and it was when jonathan was talking about 
um, this forum he once had where he was writing a fan fiction that combined Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. And like, <laughs> just, he just suggested like what, what ideas or like just wanted some of my like feedback on certain aspects or things or like if I was to create a character for that, what could it be? And I worked on something with him for that. And then he talked about how in the next semester he was going to start a Lord of the Rings campaign using Genesis as a setting. He wrote the book, uh, he wrote the setting book for it himself and was going to give it to us. And it took a little bit for me to get some character stuff together because I remember initially we we're supposed to start on a session one, but it actually turned into a session zero where everyone just kind of met and did character create stuff together. But I, that's how I started. That was actually my, well, I did have an experience a few years prior, but not very much. I was in a session zero for a Dungeons and Dragons campaign where all of the characters were going to be ranger multi-classes and we're all going to have distinct like uh, backgrounds and things like someone was going to be like a half dragon and someone else was going to be half this um, and that we were all part of some kind of ranger school. But we only made it to the session zero, which was just designing the initial characters and rolling for it. Uh, we never actually got to do any sessions. So this Lord of the Rings campaign was the first one that I did, and I played my first character named Baron, not not spelled the same at all as my regular Baron, but I guess it is where the name came from. And Jonathan, Jonathan sells the rule book for the Unseen World on there. He does. I think he has the wealth system on there too, which is something cool. I will shamelessly plug Jonathan also. Yes. You should go and get his book, his uh, digital <laughs> copies. Uh, I'm sure me and Caitlin can work out a way to get a link to that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. I know that there are other setting books that he has worked on. Actually, now that I really think about it, every campaign we've done, we've been using setting books that he wrote himself. Yeah. He has with the exception of uh, one, which I will not say for potential spoilers of things we might come out with. Yeah, he's he's a maniac with those rule books. Oh yeah, absolutely <laughs> wild. He doesn't even have his uh, degree yet in English, and he's already putting putting in the work. Putting so. in that work, he's putting in that work. So yeah, so it started with the Lord of the Rings campaign. That campaign had five players, and then Jonathan was playing a character as well. So it was a total of six PCs, uh, and I was playing with Aaron, Xander, Amy, Caitlin, and Jonathan. And that was my first experience doing tabletop, and I immensely loved it. I fell in love with it. it part of it was the setting, part of it was the players, part of it was just uh, the experience itself. But it was just a nice, good break from school to like meet every Saturday in a freaking worst place to record, but a good place to meet. Study like rooms. One of the loudest rooms ever. Gosh, just the echo is so terrible. Like anyone who's listened to the podcast will know that. Um, for those who were in the same room, Caitlin and I were in one room. That was my apartment at the time in another state. And that was fine. But Xander, Nathaniel, and Jonathan were in back in Idaho. And they were in one of those study rooms. And just, my gosh, the quality. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Okay. We, can, we can move past the awful sound quality of that. Yeah, like, let's please. Yes, please. What? <laughs> you 
love to create characters and every every time i've played with you your characters have been amazing and oh. all thought out had really cool backstories oh, thank you so ben. i just want to get this is more of a me question than for the audience what is your approach to creating like new characters like how do you figure out like like what they want to be like how do you start formulating that in your brain oh man that's that's really hard um Right. I'm a hard-hitting journalist. No, I'm please. Like, yes, I need it. I love it. Thank bring you. Bring the hammer down on you. I'm sorry. Bam! No, no. I like. I appreciate the hammer. I swear I'm not a masochist. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> Moving on. Because it it depend it depends. I guess the most common start is I th I usually start with a concept that seems appealing to me, but I can't usually come up with that concept until I know what the setting is. Like, but I think that's usually where you start anyway. Like once you know what you're going to be involved in, like what, like the lower background or whatever, you can start to formulate something. Um, I very rarely have like, oh, I have this character idea in the background. Like, oh, that'd be perfect for this setting. Insert now. Usually it's, I'm given the setting and then I come up with something. So in the case of Caden, I don't remember how much I talked about the process and how he came to be. When we, we were talking about the Unseen World for a long time. Um, we actually had talked about it and had the setting pretty much solid, but with some like figuring out some specific details, uh, over a six month period. But we had started it like in the summer of like 2019 was when we started talking about doing it. And then we didn't start it till like a half a year later. And I was, he was the one that took the longest to just create, um, just cause I took a, it took a long time to figure out him. Um, but it started with the concept of, oh, I wanted to play a bounty hunter. And yeah. uh, spoiler warning here, I wanted to play a bounty hunter that could be a werewolf of some kind. And I'm like, Jonathan, how can I do this? And then he gives me some you know, pointers, points me at the archetype or whatever, and then went from there. And I, I will freely admit, initially, the character was a female. This uh, bounty hunter was a... Uh, I think about the concept and how it forms and how I feel it should work. And that guesses that's, that's where it stems from is I'm always thinking about how the character like feels. Does it feel right? Does it feel like it makes sense? Cause if something doesn't feel right or make sense, I won't keep it. As long as the aspects of it that I feel make sense, I'll keep that in mind until it either all fits together or I come up with something new that does feel right and move into it. And as Caden developed as a character, it didn't feel right for it to be a female versus a male. And I can't always explain why, but if it feels like it works, then it works. Ooh, how many spoilers I'm willing to give? I don't want to give too many. You don't have to give that many spoilers. No, I, I was yeah. just curious. Just like generally. Mm. Generally, it does just start with a concept and then that kind of goes from there. For those who uh, participate in the dread scenarios, I could say that the first ones that just came down to the first one was, I like the idea of curses in the unseen world. We haven't explored that yet. How about we take someone uh, who was cursed and then no one had taken professor yet. So like, okay, I'm going to play... A professor who's cursed and then everything moves from there second one it was you know journalist sounds fun let's do that because you know think about truth unseen world is a fun concept let's just throw that in the mix let's do it and that's usually i guess where it starts and then i usually build the motivational structure 
first? No, it just depends. It really depends on whatever happens first and what happens faster, because sometimes the backstory happens faster, and then the motivational structure just plays, builds for itself. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, so I guess I just pick a concept that I like, uh, I think is interesting, and then I just try to figure out how it would work and why it would work, and then I just mix it all together until it feels just right, and then I put it out into the ethos. It's like, all right, we're just gonna we're just gonna play it because I didn't know if Caden was going to work as a character still until the day before we actually sat down and recorded that first session. Oh, wow. Um, uh, the day before Nathaniel and I had discussed backstories with characters because Jonathan likes to have us all create connections between at least one or two characters that are going to be in the party. So it's not just, we're all suddenly, part of this thing he doesn't, and, he doesn't like to do that you all show up at a tavern and <laughs> figure out why you give a crap about each other exactly he prefers if there's nice. a there's a slight connection there and that does help um the only exception to that was freaking omniverse <laughs> but that yeah. was a different that's, thing entirely that's the supernatural means of connection so right fine. and that's fine <laughs> it worked and so in that case it worked uh also just that whole circumstance was way different and that'd be fun to talk about another time. So I had sat with Nathaniel when we were talking about that scene that we record is like a, it was an introduction scene to one of the episodes um, in the road trip arc where it's just Rianne goes into a bar. So that's not the start of a joke and finds Caden because he'd been tracking down a dangerous uh, shifter who had killed or supposedly massacred a large number of people that led him to Caden. And they sat down and had a conversation. We decided we wanted to play that scene out and actually role play it and record it, uh, which turned out to be really helpful in the end for Caitlin because um, we were then able to use it before I sat like before I sat down and had that role play with him. I didn't even know if Caden was going to work. Oh, huh. That's that brings me to like another thing I was thinking about is like when you're role because you're a very good role player that's something I, I aspire to be as oh. good of a role player as you are. You I'm are basically you a are piece great. Of toast. Not true. I, I so, disagree with that immensely. But okay. Like how when you're role playing, how do you stay in character so well? You always have like your motivations in mind because sometimes I'll be role playing. I'll be like, okay, like I did this, and then I'll look back later and be like, oh, I'll like think about it later, and it'll be. Oh, I totally didn't do anything in line with their motivations or fears or anything like that. <laughs> how do you keep that in mind while you're trying to role play? Trade secret in this regard. That happens to me as well, where I'll do something and I'll feel like, I don't think I, that character should have done that. So then what we sometimes do, again, trade secret, don't tell anyone. We think about what happened and then we justify how it works into the motivational structure to where it then makes sense, at least within our minds. So essentially, it's just improv. If in the moment we think it probably like looking back, like, no, probably shouldn't have done that. We're like, we're going to make it work anyway. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> but that's not always the case. Well, I definitely would say my very little acting experience prior helped because having some is good. I was in drama for two years in high school, my last two years. But again, my experience is quite little compared to a lot of others and even some in our own uh, player group. 
uh, who've had a lot more experience in terms of acting. Um, so that definitely helped um, with what Little had. But I guess having accents is helpful because because mm. I think that like when you know what the voice is, it gives you the gives you the tone of the character. It gives you not just the actual way they sound, but like the vibe that they consistently give off. Yeah. So that helps knowing like what a character, like how a character voice can help is good. I know Caitlin relies on that. I know Amy's relied on that a lot. Um, she's great with character voices. She's fantastic. Yeah. They're both really good. Yeah. They're so I, good. I aspire to be, Friggin', to be yeah. able to even do a voice that isn't just deeper male voice. <laughs> I know. Right. Or just attempted female voice. Just be, yeah. I, just higher pitch male voice. Yeah. <laughs> this is my falsetto this is my character now i swear yeah oh man i think what helps me is also me keeping like interest to the core of their character because sometimes i forget specifically what the motivations are but because i understand like or remember core like pieces of it i don't have to think as much uh, about mm-hmm. doing it it just kind of comes with the character i know caitlin's fresh i frustrated caitlin a lot when we do unseen world because especially at the beginning we all had so many secrets as characters and we didn't <laughs> tell anyone them and she just like is looking back on the recordings that she's editing just like i hate you aaron you're just hiding so much in everything you said and i'm like this is caden he's just he's just vague he just does that it's fine it's just how he goes it's just what he does but i know with other characters they're a little more open again caden was the hardest one i think the reason i can do it now is because i put in a lot of thought and work to make sure he worked because so when i say like the whole six month period i know that not everyone had their character solidly down within like a month of that but when i say that he was the hardest to create like that motivational structure that I love so much and try to focus on that really took a long time to figure out. And he was the longest, he was the one that was the longest to figure out other characters kind of fell into their own very quickly. Um, and I wish I could talk about them to give context, but those are their stories to tell. I know. <laughs> and eventually, hopefully let's, yeah, I That's think okay. yeah, I think it just comes down at least for me to just remember a couple of like main pieces of their character that being like their personality and like where the core of their motivation like surrounds which might not always be the case. I personally like having motivational things like that all the four ones like the desire, fear, strength and flaw actually all are connected in some fashion. Because then I can rely on that core if I forget something. And I think that helps me with that, with just with staying in character. What you also don't see is I do a lot of visual stuff. I am, I try to visually actually act out like while I'm here in the middle of the podcast with what's going on. um, Because that helps me stay in character. I'm just trying, like, I have player reactions, yes. But I also do character reactions. Caden, not as much because he doesn't physically react nearly as much as some other characters have played hint hint wink wink freaking whatever happened a couple sessions ago with the most recent thing we did yes <laughs> that was fun yeah Just... it's interesting when there's a big shift in a campaign to see how that affects how that affects the characters and i think that's where i think all of us put a lot of thought into how our character reacts 
Because, like, relying on that core helps kind of when scenes are quick or it's kind of just helping move the plot. It's not, like, as focused on character stuff. Understanding the core helps you just kind of very quickly act through all those things, like what their natural reactions would be when you've been with that character enough. Like, they just come out a little more naturally. But then you get to that meat and be like, now I have to think about... Okay, how does my character actually feel about these things? And therefore, what would they say? And like, how would they react? And how does it impact things? And then other characters react differently. And it's like, okay, how do I feel about that now? That's where it's like always the hardest um, to like figure it out. Because I know that some sometimes I have a struggle just thinking like, okay, I actually have to really think, guys. Just give me a sec. Okay, I know now. I, I, th I think I figured it out. Okay, we're just going to go with this. I know that Nathaniel has trouble sometimes with things like that, but he's gotten a lot better, and he creates some very compelling characters as well that I continue to wish we can learn more about. Rian is still mu as much of a mystery to us as he is to the audience, probably. <laughs> he's sneaky with that. Mm-hmm. And I love that. He's good at that, keeping it subtle and sneaky. He's, 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 he's really coming into his own, and I love him for it. He's great. Uh, I think that answers the question. <laughs> I think so. Even if it doesn't, that's fine. I like everything you've said. Cool. <laughs> I hope the rest of you do. When you're coming up with that character idea, do you ever base them off of, of characters in other, in other fictions? Because I know for me, that happens sometimes. Where I'll, like, watch, I'll watch an anime or a TV show, and I'll be like, you know what? I want to play that character, except they're an elf or a fairy or something. oh they're an elf oh they're a fairy um shoot i i swear we talked about it on the discord at some point but they take too long to figure and find where it is um yes almost <laughs> almost always very rarely does the concept okay the concept might not always be specifically inspired but how the character develops often is and a good indication of that is my obsession and Caitlin's obsession and Jonathan's somewhat obsession and Xander's obsession with making character playlists that sometimes the music directly comes from what it's being inspired by. So then, yeah. Um, yes. All the time. It, it, for You don't have to keep all of this, but I'll, I'll just say it straight out for you, Ben. Um, I'll go through it. So, Original first character, Lord of the Rings, Baron, the tracker, Ranger from Gondor. Mm -hmm. Primary initial inspiration was Javert from Les Miserables. Oh, beautiful. That's where he started. Alex is a culmination of all the main characters of Ruby. Like the primary four <laughs> mashed into one thing, which I'm grateful of the mix because that's she's made her own out of it. Like she is not any of them, and I am glad she's not. But even down to initial character design in terms of how she looked, how she fought, how she did things, just how she acted was, even though it wasn't directly connected to the concept, all came from that. Um, Ganji. I mean, just Avatar The Last Airbender. Right? I mean, that's inspiration enough. That world has so much depth to it by itself that I just had to... I guess it. he's more inspired from Legend of Korra, but of course it's because he's he exists from that era. Um, and I, I... Hmm... Anything Victorian. It's not that our backstories matter in that campaign, so we don't have to dive yeah. into them, but I 
created him to be initially a very tragic character and his story greatly his backstory greatly reflects that um but still fits into avatar um so that's him uh and so for Caden, in the midst of trying to create Caden, when i still wasn't sure if he was going to be a uh, female or male or anything else i knew i wanted them to be from texas I like the idea of this bounty hunter being like Wild West cowboy-esque, whatever it was. Um, and so I was playing Red Dead Redemption 2 at the time. Aspects of his character are inspired from Arthur Morgan, the main character of Red Dead Redemption 2. But there's also a video uh, about a very recent concept, what's called a post-hero uh, or a post-western style stuff that I watched that that's what really helped me figure out the character as well. And that had a character that had character discussions of Luke Skywalker from last Jedi. It had discussion of Kratos from the more recent God of war. And then it had Logan from the last Logan film, the actual one called Logan. Those were all talking about post hero and, uh, Caden's character kind of evolved from there once I had all of those pieces. So they're all kind of, in, he's inspired from all of those characters in that sense. Just like a man out of time. In a way. Um, post-hero, it's an interesting concept. That's where it stems from. That's where that all up. of it started was was that video. I don't think that, I, per, I actually don't think that gives anything away uh, to his backstory, but that's, that is where it started. Have you ever tried other tabletop role-playing systems i have tried D, &D once um i've played i've played dread before um but as dread is supposed to be which doesn't have to be a campaign it can be just a singular one-shot thing oh yeah which then reminds me again of the one shot we did with you also was a different setting because that was uh oh, what was yeah. that that was just monster of the week wasn't it yeah that was monster of the week so like yeah evil hat yeah. So I've done Monster of the Week. I've played D&D. I've played Dread. I've heard a lot of about Pathfinder. I had a roommate who was playing Pathfinder at the same time I was doing Genesis. And we talked a lot. I'd love to try it at some point. It's a it's a very thick system. Oh, yeah. It's thick. A that's a lot. It's, that's <laughs> it's a bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have tried more than uh, just Genesis. Uh, I do like Genesis the most still. But I appreciate the things that the other systems bring because some I do kind of just love the classic feeling that almost is like even though I never played D&D when I was young, just the nostalgia of D&D that comes from just forming like a party of like these ragtag group of individuals with like the standard original like types of classes from fantasy that helped like start it. Just there's something just almost like what is it um, fulfilling? about being a nerd and just being able to do some dungeoning with just some of the standard stuff. And I love that. Um, yeah. And so no. I like that. I dig it. Yeah. And you've GM'd before, haven't you for Genesis? <laughs> we don't have to get into the, into the nitty gritty of what you GMs. But I'd be interested to hear what you learned from that, what you liked about doing that, or if you disliked it. <laughs> no, we have a, our, our group of players is truly insane. So It's true. We are all over the place. And at some point, our plan is, and the hope uh, for the podcast, is that all of us will have had a chance to GM something. 
and that you guys will be able to just see the difference and hear it. Jonathan will always be our primary GM. He's uh, our resident storyteller uh, and is the most experienced with it. And so most of our, if not all of our primary campaigns will be GM by him. But we'd love, especially, this is meant to be Patreon content. Those who are on Patreon at certain tiers, uh, at which I cannot remember them at the moment. We'll have to fix that later. Um, we'll be able to get access to things that are bonus. And most of those are stuff that we, that Jonathan did not GM. And the one that I did is one of those. I am okay with teasing what it is. And then I'll explain what it is. Cause I think that'd be fine. It does take place in the unseen world. And I pitched the idea when we were kind of just taking a break from, uh, the normal stuff. And I was like, Hey, what, what if, what if we did like, you know, a heist thing? What if we did just heist, but like with the unseen world and make it supernatural and all of us were like, yes. And so we did it. And, and, and that, that, that's all I'll say <laughs> on, on, on that. I'm not going to give anything else now. Um, no, they don't get to know. Nope. Um, not yet. At least I loved jamming. It put me in a different mindset. And that actually made it a little tough to get back into playing characters normally for a bit because you just uh, the way you process or think about things is a little different. I don't understand how Jonathan does it. Uh, he can keep his player character and his GMing so separate um, and is able to you know not be biased in any of those ways. And he's so good at it. Love him for it. I chose to only play NPCs. I didn't have a player character for that one. Um, and so we had only, and I only did four other characters. So other, only four other players were happening at the same time, you know, just to kind of ease me into it. I personally really loved it. I loved kind of being in that seat. I loved rolling the dice and seeing the results and then being able to say how it went down. Um, having all of the knowledge of all of the story points of what was really happening was really great. Um, Especially because seeing it in truth, seeing the players reactions to things that I was giving them was one of the best parts, because as a player, you don't always know what to expect the GM to give in a campaign. We might theorize, we might guess, but we are constantly surprised at what Jonathan will throw at us or, or give us. And that's just a normal play. We'll just we'll just casually go shopping and be like, oh, my gosh, the shopkeeper is like the coolest thing. Like we love this character so much just already. And we might ever, we may never see them again. Like freaking Dr. Biddles, the coroner. Devastating. Didn't need to be that good, but man, do we love him. We love Dr. Biddles. Too good for this world. Ah, too, too great. Him and his Death Star Lego set. <laughs> Paid for by Voltaire's money. Oh, so good. I think the hardest thing was I was. It's okay if it was Jonathan's PC. We know he built OP. Okay. I mean, that was an aspect of it, but in the end, I wasn't as worried about the challenging combat because <laughs> freaking gosh, dang it, Jonathan, just can you tone it back a little bit? I know that I said, I want all of you as thieves to pick, you know, okay. That was something else I did for the heist. I decided to sit down and I created new careers uh, just for the heist so that people could like have a better foundation. I gave them even more XP to start with than we normally would. So that could be the, like the best thieves that they could be. But also we didn't plan that campaign to go as long as it did. Um, that changed things in terms of challenge as well. Um, so there's that. Um, 
but the thing that was hard the most for me was um i was worried about both player engagement and player uh reaction and also i was worried that the story uh wasn't going to work the way i had intended it to um without actually giving anything away near the very end of the story there were several points or aspects of it that were like i was trying to build up to and i was worried that i was too subtle in building it or wasn't as like good at setting up the things that needed to be set up so that right so that the payoff uh wouldn't be there and that was one of my primary fears uh was that the payoff wouldn't be worth it or it wouldn't work and then i feel the story would have failed in that regard and that was something i was worried about a lot i talked with jonathan a lot about it which was great because Jonathan was helping me build things about the world because it is his, it's unseen world. He's the final say on a lot of things. So he knew everything, but he didn't specifically guide me in how to do those things. He just kind of let me do my thing and let me build the way I did. And I'm grateful for that. I'm also happy because uh, I was able to surprise basically everybody except Jonathan. Mm -hmm in some fashion there was and and i and in the end just seeing how all of them reacted and enjoyed the story at the end was what made it worth it so i'm grateful for it you'll have to ask them how they feel about something like that because i have a very specific view of it because i was the one running it so that's interesting yeah well i think that 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 does it for all the questions that i had for you today is there anything else you want to talk about before we head out Nah, nothing really comes to mind. I feel okay. like there might be something, but I just can't think of it. Um, so, no worries. So no. Oh, just, no. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for giving up some of your free time to come and chat with me. Thank you and for having me. Thank you all for listening. Uh, let us know if you have any other questions for Baron in the Discord, and maybe he'll answer them. Maybe no. he won't. We shall see. Depends on how juicy the secrets are. So it, it, thank you guys. it does depend. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.